five, four, three, two, one. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to Chronicles of Runeterra. I am Mike. And I'm Sean. And we are here finally back again for another episode. Ooh. Oh, my God, dude. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. It's been so long. Well, <laughs> for anyone that doesn't remember or any newcomers that are coming because of this very special episode that we have today, which we'll talk about in just a second, I just want to re- mm-hmm. reiterate to everyone um, that we are uh, Chronicles of Runeterra, where a podcast is going to be going into all of the new media that League of Legends is going into, so all the new shows that are coming, uh, live-action movies they made mention of. Let's see what happens there. We have already know that Sean is not a fan of them potentially stepping in there, but we'll see. <laughs> as long as they do it right, I will I will be... I mean, regardless, even if they do it wrong, I'll be in the front row. You'll be there to the criticize theater, so. them every step <laughs> yeah, of the way. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, for right now, at least, the most important of this is, of course, Arcane, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, we really hope for all you newcomers, go back and listen to the episodes that we have um, if you want really, really intense deep dives. Um, we have a big fan base of almost people who a, love absurdly it, so. deep, absurdly dives. deep. I, yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it's to the point of where you're questioning why you're listening to it multiple yeah. times through the episode. I think, <laughs> but anyway, so I uh, thank all of you guys for for coming and mm-hmm. listening today. Obviously, we have a very very special guest. So this is going to be Jason Spizak. Uh, he is the voice of Silco. And we were lucky enough to land an interview with him, and we have more interviews with uh, the other cast and crew to come. So we're really excited about that. You know, just to we mentioned this before in a few episodes, but we are trying to span out the 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 episodes here because we're on a drought until we get season two <laughs> or the first season of one of the new shows. So mm-hmm. yeah, we have to make this stuff last for presumably another year. I guess we we don't really know when it's coming out. You know, yeah, it's got to yeah. be a bit. So. We're, we're trying to make as much lemonade out of this tiny lemon as possible. <laughs> exactly, so. we are squeezing <laughs> these suckers dry. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're thinking right now probably like once a month we're going to be releasing um, a new episode. Uh, most mm-hmm. likely going to be the interviews as we mentioned in between, and definitely going to be covering any of the trailers or anything like that for sure as well yes so don't worry about that and before we start i just want to quickly plug our socials as well as his so at cor underscore pod and then his is at jason spizak for basically anything um but yeah of course so make sure to follow us on twitter and leave the five-star reviews on apple Podcasts and rate us over at uh, spotify as well um but yeah so i say let's go ahead and jump into the interview right let's do it all right here we go you know him from roles like The Joker, Kid Flash, Lux Bond Terry, and of course, Arcane Nation's favorite toxic chem daddy, Silco. He's the man, the menace, the monster. <laughs> Give it up for Jason Spizak. Woo! Our real power comes to those who have their own podcast. Now that is an intro right there. See, I actually yeah. told Sean, please do yeah. not do the monster thing because it's such a bad impression of him. Oh no, you did great. I thought I've it only was been funny. practicing for like a week, you know. So, <laughs> so <bad. laughs> yeah. but th- thankfully, you showed him how it was done right afterwards, so we're good. <laughs> power, real power. 
Uh, it comes to those who do a podcast. And uh, yeah, you guys are cool. So just a quick reminder to you, Jason, as well as everyone else here. Um, Chronicles of Runeterra is the name of the show. And we exist basically to review all of the new shows and potentially even movies that are going to be coming out that Riot has announced um, are going to be coming to the franchise. All the movies and so. shows where I'm dead. Yeah, that sounds great. I want to cover those. Yeah, it's fine. I'm not bitter. No one was upset more than me because Silco, (laughs) Silco's tied. Well, yeah, I mean that's true. Thanks. (laughs) You definitely take the cake on it, but uh, I was very upset whenever uh, that happened at the end of the first season because I was like, oh my god, I can't believe I will not get more of him later on. Um, Life sucks, man. Well, part of it too is I I feel bad for whoever comes after trying to convince them that I can also do other voices. I'm kidding. You know, <laughs> Christian and Alex, they love me and they're super, super sweet. And uh, yeah, we actually were talking about that um, a little bit earlier. This was like a question down the line, but let me go ahead and throw it out here. Is there like any other character that you feel like you could play from the lore? I'm not sure if you know any other ones or not, but I have well, like I played a Vladimir in Legends of Runeterra. Oh, you do? What? Yeah. You did? Yeah. Oh, really? Perfect. Yeah. Wow. The wow. Game, the new, oh. new one that just came out. I'm. I, I had no I idea. I play Vlad. Well, hello and welcome. I'd love to have you all over for dinner. Yeah. He's like a very uh, vampiric saucy Yeah, wench. he was actually my main in Legends of Runeterra, so I'm not sure how I did get that. But now that you just said his lines, I was like, holy shit. You <laughs> yeah, really well, did. Uh, there you go. That's why I do that. I do Perfect. that because people don't know when I'm at the McDonald's who I am. So I just, I just spout right. random lines and then they go, oh, shit. You know, and, <laughs> so beyond Vladimir, then, because obviously there's an, an open call for Vladimir. He's one of my favorite characters. Um, but Wait. also, do you know the character Shaco? Uh, not really. Why so I know that character. He my, is basically character? <laughs> he's basically the Joker of League of Legends. Oh yeah, Sounds- somebody had told me the other day that like I should play Shaco, or somebody played him, and it was like, "Is that you? Are you Shaco?" And I was like, "Yeah." Oh, well, I'm, I'm sure that they thought it was probably you, since you're in that realm, and right. he sounds just like Joker. So he's one of those fringe characters. He sounds like Joker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is why we need more of you in there. So I'm I'm a full advocate for you being in there more. Like we talked to some of the Riot guys, so like I will be pushing you as much as I possibly. There you can. go. Yeah, push. <laughs> and I, I do that every time I. I go to Riot. I'm like, right. hey, can I be in your stuff more? You know, and exactly. They, <laughs> they, they put me in as Von Yip's cats and crazy things like that. Wait, <laughs> they, they put you in as Von Yip's cat? Yeah, I'm. I'm oh my god! <laughs> shit, we need to have a. F- I'm, I'm, I play a bunch of shit in Legends of Runeterra. Oh my god! Uh, I mean, that's I love Legends of Runeterra, so I think it's yeah. got some of the best lines in it. Mage Seeker and bunch of stuff, and um, also, yeah, I mean, it, it's strange because sometimes they'll just call me in and they don't even have artwork at the time or they do. And Mm -hmm. they just tell me random stuff to do and I'm doing it, you know, like, (laughs) and and I don't even know what it's going to go in or what's going to happen. And then I, you know, I, I don't play Runeterra. So I actually don't know what happened. And, uh, yeah, somebody had to go through and ask me, are you this person? Are you that person? I was like, Oh yeah, that rings a bell. I think I remember doing that. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, then it's basically I'm I'm pretty much going to go onto the LOR site, get all mm-hmm. the sound files and go through them and find all of yours after this. Yeah. So that's my <laughs> mission for the day. <laughs> yeah, well, sweet. I think there are I don't know, there was some uh like militaristic fast talking furry people that were like German 
that I played one time. Okay. German furry guys. I don't think they were Yordles. They might be Yordles. They were definitely know. Yordles is what it sounds yeah. like. Yeah. Um, are we talking like are you're in the realm of like four or five different characters or are we talking like ten different characters oh, or more? I don't remember. It's all blurred out. Probably. Now. Yeah, it's probably <laughs> seven or eight, maybe nine. Okay. All right. Fair enough. But yeah. Vladimir is the other big champion that you actually did? Yeah, that's correct. They called me in to, to redo Vlad for the okay. Runeterra. Well, it, you did an awesome job, so I can't wait to see Vlad in uh, in the next Arcane series. And uh, you I, one would exactly. hope, one would definitely want that. <laughs> but uh, you know, they they are the kind of the champions that they choose. It's interesting because they find a way to make it authentic in the in the story. They find a way to make it um, fit, mm-hmm. so that it's right. not pushing it. You know, that, mm-hmm. you know, all of a sudden Vlad the Vampire shows up and like all of the champions that they chose to make their backstory, you know, present in Arcane, they all really made great sense and didn't seem like they were out of world at all. Yeah. Right. Um, for the type of story that was being told. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, because there are some champions that get that all crazy that, you know, like, yeah, get that in there, you know. And so huge credit to Christian and Alex for that, that. You know, the smorgasbord they had on offer, nothing felt forced, nothing felt out of place. It all felt so organic. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. I mean, that is, I think you hit the nail on the head there because that really is the the issue. There is so many eccentric characters in the game Mm -hmm. that just, from that region specifically, that uh, just would not fit. But they really did a good job of making it feel grounded Mm -hmm. um, and, and provocative and interesting in all the best ways. Yeah. Um. What about, well, I guess actually, Sean, why don't you go ahead and ask the, the question I know you're oh. dying to ask. So And Sean has passed on. There's no more Sean. The man formerly known as Sean is going to ask us a question. I'm not dead yet. <laughs> I'm not dead. I, I feel happy. I want to go for a walk. Now you stand in the moment. <laughs> Sorry, I had to reference that. So um, the, the question that is on everyone's mind, right? Yeah. In your view, is Silco a good dad? Well, it's funny. I, I, I There's this meme going around on, on the interwebs about this mm-hmm. because I had a live stream that I did was an Ask Me Anything, and it was the last question I did, and I was doing it while that Sting song is playing, and it just oh, all so kind good. of timed out, and everybody was crying, and the question was, <laughs> is Silco a good dad? And yeah. I, the way I broke it down was, like, is he a good role model? No. You know, right. is he a, a perfect dad? No, because there's no such thing as the perfect dad. But is he a good dad? Mm-hmm. Well, then you have to go down the list of what makes a good dad. You know, if there's times when the kid needs something, if if your daughter needs something from you mm-hmm. and they've messed up and they, they screwed up and they're sitting there on your desk. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Silco goes, what happened? And he's just calmly talking to her about it. And they both have this lovely dialogue and communication about what happened. And he says, well, you know, remember, these are the stakes. And, like, how many fathers have that kind of a conversation with their kid after they blew something up? Right. Okay. (laughs) You know, the answer is few, you know. Mm -hmm. And they have a special relationship that I think he understands Jinx. So if I had to... Not look at the man. Silco's not a good man. 
Zuko's right. a sociopath. So everybody yes. listening to this, Zuko's <laughs> a murderous sociopath who will stop at nothing to bring about the nation of Zon. And there's a couple of legitimate reasons in his mind, because he was betrayed by a friend, that he takes these tactics and betrayal hurts. And mm. that Piltover craps on the lanes mm-hmm. and there needs to be some equality. And I think there's a lot of people listening who would think that sometimes you need to adjust your moral compass in order to get equality, especially if there's been many, you know, a lot of blood on one side and none on the other. Mm. And right. but regardless of that, he's not a good man. He's a sociopath, morally speaking, not not a good. <laughs> I like how you're high, like really hitting home on that just to make sure everyone just knows. Just as everybody freaking knows. I'm not like, oh, he just killed Benzo with a, you know, shimmer-possessed rage monster. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> this is not what Jason's saying. Right, right, but, right. But I, I think he's a good father. And if you mm-hmm. think about that, what that means is, you know, once he just hugged powder and decided to bring powder in whether or not he had this plan from you know powder's age all the way to where we see jinx that somehow he was like yeah i know that this 12 year old girl who can't or 10 year whatever powder's age was at the time and he hugged her and i know that eventually they're gonna grow up to be you know a a weapon maker for me no he didn't know any of that at the time at the time he held on to powder there was no use for this girl except for, I mean, for all he knew, Vi was dead. Right. For all he knew, Vander was dead. All these people are gone and he won. What yeah. quote unquote, you know, gas lit up, revengeful, pawn playing use does he have for powder? Mm-hmm. None. People tend to forget that there were all these years up until he sees, we see him at, with Jinx. And so they're, they're, they're layering on all this stuff that's just not there. Mm-hmm. Does he Do you, use her for his own ends? No. Mm-hmm. They're together in it. They're together mm-hmm. with the, en- the, to, the means to the end. I mean, he's essentially raised Jinx to be in his army, just like Savika, just like everybody else. In his mind, it's, it's one family for one goal, right? And mm-hmm. loyalty right. is super important. So, and he doesn't know that Vi is alive, so he's not gaslighting when he says... Your sister's gone. It's just us now. Well, <laughs> he, that, it's true. To him, he doesn't know that yeah. he's alive. Yeah. He doesn't know I that. I would and question, um, So, that, and you probably have insight onto this, but sure. do you think a part of him taking her was mm-hmm. also because she was specifically Vander's before and taking her from him in a sense? Vander's dead. So what is there to take from him? He sits at a statue of his friend with a bottle mm-hmm. of liquor and addresses mm-hmm. him as his friend. And he says, is there anything so undoing as a daughter? He's not like, hey, I took your kid. Yeah. He's not any of that. I don't so, even mean in a malicious way. I mean no, more as like it's a, not. It, to me, when he, right. when he sees Powder, right. he sees Vander dying. If you watch what they're trying to show you. Mm-hmm. Silco's face, right before he puts his arm around Powder, he looks at Vander's dead body. And then you see mm-hmm. Silco's face. In that moment, Silco is like, do we really need to kill more future Zonites? No. Right. 
Yeah. Powder is yeah. a child of Zahn, a child mm-hmm. of the lanes, who's been through betrayal at the hands of a sibling, quote unquote, just like he had been. Mm-hmm. And he's like, we'll show them. I get you. We have a similar backstory. What, you know, we, let's, let's right, go. There's kinship let's, there. Yeah, together. Well, Correct. In, in it, if anything, he sees her as this, uh, she encapsulates what he's been fighting for his whole life. You know? Exactly. Because yeah. if she could be the first, you know, generation of the nation of Zon, he's won. Yeah. And and mm-hmm. and I think what is difficult for people to see is that the guy Silco is. Mm-hmm. It would make sense that he would do those things to his daughter. I'm sure you could probably mind map some of that. But people have a lot of trouble looking at complex characters because you don't see them on screen very often. Okay. Yeah. So oh, yeah. Silco is one way with the outside world and another way towards Jinx. Yes. I and mean, people that have trouble mapping throughout. that into their mind, though, because mm-hmm. they'll, they'll see him behave a certain way and start adding all this extra context into because he's like, oh, no, 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 it's just, he's, he's gaslighting her, he's doing this, he's doing that. And right. He's actually not. If you just look at the lines and you just look at how he treats her and imagine that there's this bright line between mm-hmm. how he treats the rest of the world and how he treats his daughter... Mm-hmm. And just look at it in that way. It it right. doesn't take on any of those connotations. Yeah, but yeah, people I mean, mix them around. They they stir them in the pot, and they yeah. they 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 don't belong together. He he would die for her, and does he would, you know, they can all burn. He's not lying when he says right. they can all burn. He he would have got the nation of Zon anyway. Mm-hmm. He's that right. crafty. He doesn't need to give up Jinx to get the nation of Zon. Right. You know, he doesn't in the end. He would. You, you firmly believe that if he wasn't, if he didn't die, he would get and did not give up Jinx that he would get the Nation of Zon anyways? Absolutely. It's Silco. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's yeah. playing chess and everyone else is playing checkers. Even mm-hmm. though he's, I, he's like, you're outnumbered. You destroyed your shimmer factories. We're going to bring war. This is, he, he plays the long fucking game. I and wholeheartedly he, he, believe that. Yeah. He would have given her up, made it look like he gave her up, and sprung yep, her out of prison. Yep, There's a yep, million yep. ways that Silco can make that work. Yeah. And I love that you have that much confidence in, in your character. <laughs> but she's mentally <laughs> fractured. So yeah. he, he she, she, you know, Jinx yeah, is mentally Yeah, he's not going to abandon her at all. So yeah. it, 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 it was really difficult when you're dealing with the mentally ill, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have a mentally ill family members, and mm-hmm. you... You can't be sure how they're going to perceive things. Right. So the other thing that the audience has layered on is Jinx's point of view. Mm-hmm. Right? And her point of view, just like Powder's point of view, is always slightly off reality. Right? Powder sees oh, that yeah. Vi said she was a Jinx and mm-hmm. didn't belong there. But that's only part of the conversation. She doesn't see the rest when Vi tells Milo to shut up. And look at my face. This is, you know, she doesn't see that part, only sees the part where, you know, she's being degraded in that conversation and takes it out of context because it's sarcasm. You, you, you also, she's standing behind the statue and hears me Mm -hmm. talking about, you know, it didn't even haggle. Well, it's not that Silco's sitting on the fountain and saying, well, all I have to do is give up Jinx now. That's what she hears. Mm -hmm. And that's what the audience is hearing through her ears. He's saying, can you believe this, brother, that right. I, I have to basically work extra hard to get the Nation of Zon one last time? 
because I finally know what it feels like to have love in my life. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what he's saying. He's yeah, not saying, it killed me when I'm going to give that part. <laughs> away Jinx so I can have my nation of Zon. Fuck no. What he's saying in that line is, I found love. I finally understand what you knew all these years, brother. Mm-hmm. That having a daughter is, you do stupid shit for. Yeah. Because what he's sitting on that fountain drinking for is how much more complicated it's going to be to bring about the nation of Zon. Because now he's got to cook up three plans, just in case the first two fail, to make sure that he doesn't give up Jinx because he loves her to death. Right. That's why he's sitting there drinking. Not because, oh, yeah. well, I'm going to give her up, so I better hit the sauce. He's never going to give her up. Yeah. Dead. Yeah. He'd be dead before he did. <laughs> so, yeah, there was too many like, people where at the end they, you know, everyone, there was a lot of people that thought that he was just saying that to Jinx um, just because it was his final moment and he didn't want her to to think that. But he actually was going to give her up. But and, see, uh, just, but see there's no that's way. the audience confusing. Mm-hmm. Right. Ilko, who he is with everyone else. Mm-hmm. With Stilko, who he is with Jinx. And I right. see people do this a lot. And it just means they haven't studied the character or had, you know, the writing and understood the show the way that I have. It, it's, it sees, they see him less complicated. They see him just as, as less complicated character, which is fair. Mm-hmm. You don't see characters that behave one way out in the world and another way with their mentally ill daughter in realistically in cartoons a lot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) i can i can i can give the audience a pass on that right but well again but again it's silco so he's not going to like turn to her and go well honey it's okay right he's not going to change his voice his mannerism his anything he's silco right so it it, it confuses people to be honest (laughs) let me let me ask you this about about silco and this is kind of like the philosophic origin of of silco so it's kind of a long question but i think you'll appreciate it yeah so do you see silco as an opportunist that utilized the massive disparity of wealth and opportunity between piltover and zon as his ticket to power or does silco see himself as kind of the reluctant leader that's solely burdened with the ability to elevate zon to be the thriving nation he knows it can be well, it's closer to B. The okay. reason is because uh, if Silco wanted to be the man that everyone looked up to, the man that everyone saw who had the power, it wouldn't be such a mystery who ran the place. Right. To the folks in Piltover and everything else for so long. <laughs> right. I mean, he'd be like, I run this town, bitches, and you know it's <laughs> me, right? That would be the kind of leader – that Finn would be. Exactly. Right? You'd want to he'd want them to see that he's the leader. Yeah. Why do you think he has his hand on his head in like two thirds of the second, third act of the freaking thing? He's just like, <laughs> so I true. don't need more headaches, right? <laughs> yeah. It's right. not because he's the all powerful leader. It's because none of those other dumb idiots could have done it. Yeah. They couldn't exactly, do it. Yeah. They just couldn't. They, they would be like Finn. They would be money hug- hungry, power grabbing, making dumb mistakes, being outsmarted by people who are smart. People yep. in Piltover have advantage of education. They have advantage of money. They have advantage. And the only mm-hmm. way you can play a chess game with someone who has that kind of advantage is to play the long game. Right. You know? And so, yeah, he's the only one that could bring about the nation of Zon because he was also the only one willing to do what it takes. And he knows agree, that yeah. those rich sons of bitches don't want to get their hands dirty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he, he wants to force that hand, you know? Yeah. So, and didn't have the tools to do it until shimmer 
So yeah, I think he he understood the thing that Vander did not, yeah. which was that you have to go to the extreme and and incite sure. you know violence to right. create this form of change. Let yeah. me address some of what's in A, and people mm-hmm. usually refer to him putting makeup on his eye and his costume design and things to lean toward answer A. Right, and it's true. Zuko mm-hmm. does fancy himself a bit of a dandy. He would like to be treated with respect. He says it multiple times. Mm-hmm. Respect. He says it because it's true. He's been disrespected. And anytime anybody from Piltover, you know, has to deal with him, even Marcus, they just look down on him, you know, even though he could break their neck, you know, in a second or hang them. Right. You know, go into their house and kill their kid and leave the body there and a note that says, missed you. You know, he, <laughs> he but they still look down on him. So right. the reason he dresses up so finely and, you know, yeah, it's a display of power. Wealth is a display of power. Mm-hmm. Two other Zonites. The Piltover folks aren't going to be impressed with what Silco's wearing. They're not. Right. They're just not. Yeah. So if anything, be, yeah. it's him displaying his power so that they know who's in charge behind the scenes so that they know, you know, his way or the highway. But that right. doesn't stay together for long. I mean, the Kemp Barons, they make moves on him and... You know, Absolutely. attempt on his life oh, yeah. and call a meeting and like it ain't an easy throne to sit on. So I think the whole piece of him being a dandy is that he's he's always wanted the finer things and just mm-hmm. knows they're out of reach. Right. Well, that was a I mean, that was an incredibly good way to put it. But yeah, I I, 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 feel... well, I did play him after all. It's it's odd, but didn't take some time. There's something about Silco that, you know, it, it's an extreme of, of today's conditions, right? And sure. I mean, that society, we, we can see the parallels that they're playing at. And yeah, yeah. Um, you mean it, uh, it, capitalism? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the yeah. death yeah. of the nation. <laughs> um, what's what's fa- fascinating to think about is you. We, we get a lot of historical perspectives on like the death of empires and how revolutions happen. And we have, you know, thousands of years of historical perspective on some of these just basic mechanics of what it's like. And right. um, there's not much new under the sun in that regard. Yeah. So to see this sort of classic tale of the haves and the have nots mm-hmm. play out through revolution is, um, I mean, it doesn't surprise me at all that it maps on to some current condition someplace you know it it might it might uh it might be a little too close to home for Mm -hmm. some people right like they might feel that this is their struggle that's represented in arcane um and i love that i love when art ceases to become tropish and becomes relevant in the moment yeah Uh, Mm -hmm. you know that that's when the rubber starts really hitting the road for me, especially when something's as well done as Arcane, where mm-hmm. you're invested in the characters and they're not trite at all. They're not put right. there as a token. They're very, you have full stories played out in front of you and you're invested in it as, as an audience and the music is beautiful and the art is luscious and rich. You know, then you get mm-hmm. the luxury of having these conversations about how it relates to your life. Mental mm-hmm. illness, right, right? For example, or you know, struggle class and, warfare. Yeah, yeah, you know. Well, and it's it's interesting that this came out at this time where, like, if it would have came out in the '90s, you know, who knows if it would have resonated as well, you know? Um, where well, now certainly we're not in the '80s. 
Yeah. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> well, um, no, that's awesome. So it, I've got another question for or you. Or the 1880s. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Is there a specific moment where you fell in love with or resonated with the character of Silco? Like, where was that aha moment? A particular moment? Mm -hmm. um, well, several times. Uh, originally, I got the script to audition uh, mm -hmm. And it was right from the first time I ever read that monologue that used to open the show, but they mm -hmm. moved it to the beginning of episode three. Do you ever wonder what it's like to drown? It's the story of opposites. There's peace in water, like it's holding you, whispering in low tones to let it in, and every problem in the world will fade away. Like, I can't say those words and not have people, A, listening, B, mm -hmm. me feeling something. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's oh, how yeah. I got the friggin' role was that monologue was what they wanted you to audition with. So imagine having oh, that slapped geez. down in front of you and they're like, okay, <laughs> he, who, I mean, he who can pull the sword from this stone <laughs> may have the kingdom. That's basically what it was. Because basically yeah. you can do this monologue and make it that engaging for a yeah. page and a half. That you don't I mean, sound pretentious, that you don't sound like a villain, that you don't sound like anything more than this guy with all of his set of given circumstances. Uh, you win. And I did. So it, it, that was the first time I connected to him, was really the very first time I ever read those words. Well, yeah, unsurprisingly, that was my, I mean, my favorite monologue of his, right? I mean, I think that's yeah, everyone's yeah, favorite yeah. monologue of his. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it really feels like, I don't know, like I would say more so, and I think this is why I, I like you and your character specifically so much on the show, but you seem to really have a great grasp and handle on this character. And it seems like there is a level of resonance with this sure. character and not to the disparity of, of anyone else that's that was voice acting, but like, sure. I don't know, there's something about it there that just really oh, clicks. Great job. Yeah, and I, I there's... There's something about Silco and the way he's written, the fact that mm -hmm. he's not a champion, so he has no pretense or nobody's coming to him with anything, and he just, right. like, slaps you with a wet fish, like, out of nowhere. Yes. <laughs> it, 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 there's something about that that has staying power. And yeah. I, well, he, and he feels I, more I Shakespearean, to, too, I would say. He, he does feel that way because Shakespeare's characters are very... Um, they come off the page in three dimensions many times, many yeah. of his leads. And I, I, I just connected really well with the place that Silco, one of the things that Alex and Christian, mm -hmm. we, we talked about, they said initially, they said, look, his words are weapons. He doesn't have anything more than a dagger. You know, he's not the kind of guy who's putting on the gauntlets, you know, he's, he, this is not him. Right. His, his his intellect and words are his weapons. Yes. So, you know, he's a swordsmith with words and it, it, it lets you know what's going on behind the scenes inside his mind is also at that level. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the things that we played with a lot was the idea that he's going to envelop you with his words and pull you in, in a, you know, in a manipulative sense, you know, right. in many ways. But uh, he also has a way of speaking to you that you can't help but listen to. Yeah. And it would be necessary for him in his position, right? It's like, you know, what's the weapon of a samurai? Well, it's obviously mm -hmm. not a giant hammer because that's just not what the, the situation's going to need. 
Right. You know, you're not riding on horseback with a hammer, you know, and you, you, it's the situation bears out the weapon of choice for him. Right. This is what he needs. He needs to get people to listen to him, to do his bidding, to do the things that he needs to play the game of chess for him. Um, uh, because it can't be done alone. It can't be done by one person. It can't, you know. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was the monologue that, that really touched me initially with him. And, of course, the last line of the show is something that a lot of people need to hear right now. A lot mm-hmm. of people need to just know that who they are is seen, is respected, is enough, you know, don't cry. You're perfect. To this damaged human being who has been through a lot, lost a lot, made a ton of mistakes, you know, <laughs> and just killed him. Yeah. Like that, th- th- there's so many people who want to hear that and need to that mm-hmm. I think that also, you know, resonates with me in a big way. Right. Because I don't yeah. know any perfect people. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> you know, I think they don't yeah. need to hear that. Uh, so everyone else needs to hear that. Yeah, no, I think um, only perfect you know, people on TikTok—they're not exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think one of the the greatest things uh, uh, about him as well is just that he he really was like a fully defined character. You know, it, it, it's a plague mm. how often we have villains that are just not fully flushed out. Um, and right, they don't right. get the same build as I'm also looking for Harley. Have you seen <laughs> those, those, those single dimensional villains? Yeah, exactly. Um, but, uh, but, but his journey to becoming more of a father, more of a person mm-hmm. who understands what it feels like to give and get a little unconditional love, mm-hmm. like right. it's tangible. You can see oh, the yeah. effect it's having on him, the actions that he takes that you didn't see him take in Act One, the things that he says that he didn't say in Act One, like all of that right. um, really hits home with a lot of people that they're like, when you can see a human being soften, when you can see a human being change, we all want to see that. We all want to see our mom or dad or brother or somebody who's just abrasive or a source of friction for us or a source of anger or whatever for us change. We want to see that desperately Mm -hmm. in those people that we think could use a little bit less psychopathy, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. we want to see that. And to have that take place on screen with a character like Silco, who people already love watching um, is like an extra cherry on top. Well, and it's, it was amazing to see how, you know, when Jinx, uh, did enter his life. He, you know, he transitioned to this, this aura of like tenderness, right? And yeah. um, I think that was yeah. the thing that really resonated with, with me. You know, yeah, it, it, yeah just, just with, with her. Yeah, that you could so, see this other side of him. You know, yeah. So. Do you think that this, you know, one thing that we saw with, um, like, like Thanos, for instance, is we saw a lot of people that morally kind of went the other way and and kind of sided with. Thanos in, in a, a sense of understanding, right? Which, you know, well, is, is you don't have to side with someone's choices to understand them. And right. I, I wouldn't say that I would side with Silco's methods in a lot of things to understand the guy who's coming from and to love a daughter. And, mm. you know, um, I, I more mean, were you ever worried about too many people understanding him too much? Do you know what I mean? No, no. no. I mean, I, I'm not worried about people being, yeah, we need more sociopaths. I mean, I, I think <laughs> uh, that's a very short sidewalk 
before you fall right. off it. And they'll see that. <laughs> they'll see that once they walk down it far enough. I mean, they may have some mental illness themselves or they may want some people to suffer or want revenge and mm-hmm. all that's coming from a place. But pretty soon you run out of gas unless you're Stalin or Hitler or some of the world's, you know, Hall of Fame sociopaths. You mm-hmm. you run out of gas pretty quick unless you've got that form of mental illness yourself. Right. It's one thing to cheer them on. It's one thing to want to see that and all that. But it's another thing to truly wish that that's how the world was run, you know, that you have right. to fear for your life because of this guy that you ne- will never see, uh, you know, sending somebody to kill your friends. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't wish that. They don't. Yeah. If you talk to them, they, they, they'd only want it if their that power was theirs. You know, they don't want to live in that world. So, no, I was never worried about, you know, Silcoism being seen as like a form of government that people are really on, online about. You know, they want that. Um, right. But, I just but, I was I was concerned that that level of extremism would, you know, resonate a little bit with well, where society is going to not necessarily yeah. be copycatted, but well, embraced, no, I suppose. But there's another piece of that, which I was about to go to, which is mm-hmm. the method of change. Right. So they don't want to see silkoism as the new form of government. They don't want to have they don't want to live their lives with a dictator. Most of those people don't. I mean, if you truly right. talk to them about what that means and sat down and showed them videos and helped them understand what it means to live life in fear like that, that's not what they want. But they want an agent of change that's effective because they yeah. exactly life yeah. is not what they want it to be. And they know that the scales are unbalanced and they know that mm-hmm. they're on a treadmill with no end and some people get to get off when they want and they they feel that and they want someone to smash the treadmill or they want someone to poison right. the treadmill operator or they want whatever they're using smash or poison or whatever they're using in that context is the method of change the agent of change right right and so they're on board with that and yes that does make me feel like well i wouldn't want that I wouldn't want right. a horrible, bloody revolution, which has happened so many times mm-hmm. in the history of humankind. Exactly. There yeah. have been bloody revolution after bloody revolution. And then in the wake of a bloody revolution, there's 200 years of peace, like right. America has had, for example. Um, you know, and then it falls apart and people start killing each other again because they forget what it was like to... Um, have and respect the things that everybody fought and died for. I just wish we all had more compassion. I just wish we all had more compassion. But yeah, but yeah I do love that you have such a logical and positive attitude about everything that you do and, and such sure. an energy about you that um, I think it's something that is is kind of, a, which is ironic considering the characters that you get casted as. <laughs> but, well, it's not <laughs> ironic. And this is funny. I had this discussion before and it was like, you play sure. a lot of villains. And I uh-huh. go, no, yeah. I play a lot of complicated characters. I, I don't mm-hmm. play any villains. I, I play human uh, beings. Fair enough. Every chance yeah. I get, I'm looking at the script. I'm playing a human being as best I can, especially if there's great writing involved and things. Then I'm n- – the reason I get a chance to play them a lot of times is because I think it's – the producers are like, I'm not wasting Jason on some hero that's easy to do. I could get <laughs> 10 guys to play the hero. Right, right. I have I have a short list of people who could probably play that villain well and not come off trite. Exactly. And it's a compliment. It's a huge, huge compliment to me and I that they put these difficult 
requests on my plate mm-hmm. and ask yeah. that. Could you please help us here as a, a producer? I'm just solving a problem for producers. That's what I do on a daily basis. Yeah, I should I should say you're you're more of a you play a complicated character as you said uh, in yeah. extraordinary circumstances that easily can frame you as a yeah. villain. We'll sure. do it like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, or bad another, guys, another... right? You play a lot of bad guys. I'm like, yeah, I could probably see that they'd be bad guys. You know? <laughs> exactly. That I, I could believe, you know. But... Um, well, uh, one thing that I am curious about, um, Sean, I'm not sure if you're, are you back yet? Cause I, you, yes, you yes, I'm, I'm, I'm back. I'm back. So we're good. Okay. All right. It's, well, I just want to make sure Sean gets, I know he has a couple that he really wants yeah. to get to. So, um, well, no, for no, me, no, no. and to be fair, yeah, I talked a lot about things that no one wants to hear about for like 25 minutes. <laughs> What's so. most important is that I know. wanted to hear about it. So <laughs> whether the listeners want to or not, they're kind of at, and at who's the show so. is this anyway? <laughs> exactly. Yes. This is all a ruse. There is no show. We just wanted to talk to you for a while <laughs> that's fine yeah hey, uh, my, my my phone calls get posted on the public internet all the time so there you go <laughs> yeah. things i thought were private i'm like oh hey thanks for showing me that yeah okay exactly <laughs> yeah. um well one thing i was gonna ask just this is more about the recording process but um yeah is there did they leave room for you for improv for the script because obviously the script was beautiful yeah where was there kind of ironclad in the way that um you worded things or did they leave room for uh, improvisation or any liberties the creative team around arcane wanted their absolute best from every artist that touched the project Mm -hmm. and they wanted world-class artists on everything you Mm -hmm. don't get sting to sing your final song if you don't want world-class artists correct you don't get (laughs) fortige to do your animation if you don't want world-class artists right everybody was expected to bring their best game Mm -hmm. and it was collaborative and Mm -hmm. the most beautiful, artistic, fulfilling experience I've had to date on a project. That being said, Mm -hmm. I don't go to Shakespeare and be like, well, you know what, a few words over here might sound a little better. (laughs) I don't do that because I have a huge respect for the time, energy, effort, endless revision that goes into the script before I see it in front of my face. It would be disrespectful Mm -hmm. for me not to let them hear it the way it's written Mm-hmm. and get those right. words to play. That being right. said, did we ever have discussions about what might sound better or this or that? There were some. But this okay. is so well written, and it went through so many revisions and so much thoughtful, careful writership, mm-hmm. you know, writer smithery right. beforehand, playeritorific, you know, and it, <laughs> that you, you didn't need to. Like every right. word that came out of Silico's mouth was like, just glorious. And there was even some things they didn't put in that we did say. Um, and it's, it's, I have the utmost appreciation for that. Both mm-hmm. the willingness for them to ask me my opinion on a thing and be right. open to collaborate. And they're just not really being much need for it. It, right. it really truly is such a beautiful apex of creative talent and mm-hmm. production mastery. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, that was evident in the, you know, wildfire of a fan base that it created out of nothing. So Yes. Yes. Um, it burned I down mean, much sh- of the internet. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you saw it hit like I think it was uh even just with the first 3 episodes it shot up to IMDb's top I think it was 13 in the world of shows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Top and that 13. Was that was yeah. insane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So it, it was pretty crazy that it did that. Obviously, it lit the world on fire. Um, this was just a, a personal question that I wanted to ask you. I don't know if it's interesting to anyone else, but I, I'm really interested in the voice acting process. So yeah. do you go method with any of your acting outside of the studio? Like, do you just no. take a day and pretend to be him? Not really. No? No, I don't. I do a fair bit of research. I definitely do self-rehearsal and things like that, but I don't walk mm-hmm. around the house pretending to be Silco. What about what about any particular rituals or anything like that that you get into like right before you do the character in yeah, the studio? Yeah, I would do the monologue from the opening ah, of the pilot, yeah, okay. which then was converted into the first three episodes, and I, I would do that as the sound check. So that was like your mantra basically for the character? Yeah, yeah, for Arcane. Perfect. I don't do that sort of thing for other shows, but for Arcane, it just seemed fitting. And what it did mm-hmm. for every session... Uh, David Lyerly, who was the voice director, like it just just set all of us in the same world mm-hmm. every yeah. time. It set me in the world where Silco is. It set the voice director, David. It set Christian and Alex. It set the sound engineer. It set the writer. Anybody who was there was immediately in Arcane. Right. And that had huge benefits because then you're not wasting any tape, as we say now, that everything's digital. You're not mm-hmm. wasting any hard drive space because from the get-go, it's dialed in. And I really right. wanted that with, with this character because, A, it was super well-written and super important to me to get this right. And right. I, I wanted as much time to play and give them options on lines as I could that were all valid. I wanted to make their job as difficult as possible in the editing room. <laughs> and if you ever get right. a chance to talk to Christian or Alex, they'll tell you that my job, my, my goal in life was to make it so that they would have to be choosing between A or B and just ready to walk off a plank because they couldn't choose. And they're, they're, they're all good mm-hmm. because we only get so much time. I mean, you don't have unlimited time, yeah. you know, like you, you have to get in there and do your job and that's going to be seen by probably a billion people at some point someday, (laughs) not just hundreds of millions like it is now. Mm -hmm. Like you, and you get that small window to make your imprint on people's minds forever. Yeah. And it, it's crazy when you think about it. So yeah, yeah, I I set the stage every time. And and that's the thing is in a, in a weird roundabout way, you did set the stage, not only for, you know, your, your performance and sessions, but for the world itself, like it all started with Silco. So as you know, arcane season seven comes around, you can, you know, uh, you can comfort yourself knowing like, yeah, there's a claim to fame there. They they lean on the statue of Silco and take a urine (laughs) right there. Yes. Absolutely. (laughs) Hold on a second. Oh, that feels so good. Yeah. All right. What were we? He's got a funny high. Yeah, <laughs> I'm telling you, it's it's gonna happen. You're, you're gonna yeah. look back and you're gonna His be like, "Statue wow, will this get thing pissed." Absolutely, that's His gonna statue, happen. Yeah, that part will happen. We know yeah. that. Yeah. He's the Blarney Stone of Zon. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> don't don't lick that statue. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, is there a, a specific moment in there where, not even necessarily you, but like just like the most emotional you got in the studio? I'm not sure if it was that same monologue because obviously a, a lot of it is pinned no, on no, that no. No, no. I think the 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 end mm-hmm. where he's just been shot and before mm-hmm. that he has to have the you know he gets the gag off and he says you know you're jinx and he he like you know he there's whenever silco gets emotional it's out of character right? right so those are difficult times as an actor to have been in this 
this, you know, that's the trouble with you, Marcus. Like this very precise but emotional right. dark place and then to be like, you know, Enforcer's dead! Like to be screaming at the top of your lungs. Those were all difficult because it's such a yeah. shift in gears and tone and everything for for the character. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I would say the end of the sh- the uh, episode nine, right? You know, was was difficult. We didn't do a ton of takes, but it was really, it was really something. It was really yeah. Something. So yeah, was is there another? Um another character's moment that you heard uh, while you were recording that you were just like blown away by uh, similarly to, to those yeah, yeah. a powder in the okay. alley. I mean, when powder, mm-hmm. when Mia the powder in the, alley, in the okay. alley, she did that in one take, they turned it on and she broke down like that. They gave her a little warm up, and that was it. So what you see on screen is her first take. Wow. Um, screaming like that. And why, why, why don't leave me? And like, uh, 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 like they played that for me before I did my, <laughs> Hello, little girl. Right. Like they played where she was emotionally. Because remember, Suko doesn't just walk up on her and be like, well, howdy. Right. He's seen her cry and scream like that, mm-hmm. which is the heart of the nation of Zon rending itself in the alley for another dead person. Right. Yeah. So when, when he comes up and he's like, he doesn't just walk up to her side unseen and be like, Hello, little girl. Like, if you listen to what it is, it's not that sort of just purely predatory thing. It's almost mm-hmm. like this really weird, awkward, uncharted place, and you can hear it in Soko's voice. We did that a few times because it, it, it almost has to be like he, he's trying not to be emotionally touched. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like his guard if you just is just listen mm-hmm. to it, he's, where's your sister? Like, he's he's... Trying not to be emotionally touched by this girl who's crying on the ground and everybody around him, when the camera sees them, they're like, is he really going to kill her? Because we're all (laughs) freaking touched right now. We're all moved, right? (laughs) Right. You know, and and he he has this one mission where he has to get rid of these people who could screw up his plan. And, you know, he, he just can't last five minutes seeing this broken child yet another broken child in front of him and it finally gets to him. So, it, it, yeah, that, when when Mia did her performance and they played it back in my ear because she was there on a different day, mm-hmm. um, uh, incredibly intense and just literally just perfection. I mean, I, I that was one of, I cried many times during the show, like yeah. 100%, <laughs> but that was I mean, one when of When Vi them. slaps her, it's on. From that moment <laughs> on, I'm just like, yeah. I'm looking for my popcorn, anything to hide behind. Like, it's like exactly. this, is, this is one of these shows. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I keep I keep forgetting that every utterance I make on this podcast is going to get turned into a meme and put on TikTok and everything. So like when I make sounds, most like, likely, like, I just I, all I can think of is like my face with that coming out of it, just ad nauseum. Exactly. Be prepared and I forget, for it. I, I, I just I forget. I'm way too naive. I'm way too kind and friendly and uh, well you never know what the internet's going to grasp up i'm going to be it's it's pillared i'm going to be pillar pillory of high or highest order it's going to happen it's endearing it's endearing hey the legacy of the the legacy of the memed lasts forever so (laughs) you know what like it's a claim to fame no matter what so as long Um, as you buy my signed autographs till i'm dead (laughs) 
All right. Well, I think that's, I mean, we have ridiculous amounts of questions, but um, I don't want to take up all your time. Um, I think that's a pretty oh. good way to end it off, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, could come, I could come back. And I said, well, uh, we, we would love to have you back. We would love to have you back. <laughs> yeah, I, I could come back, you know, do a do a part. Duh. Well, I, I you assume you're going to watch season two whenever it comes out, right? I have no idea if you're in it or not as far as like, you know, voices I'm going to not like watch one of the best pieces of animation. <laughs> yeah. like, like, even if I wasn't in Arcane, I don't uh-huh. watched it. I don't. Yeah. Watch I'm. I'm it. really it's glad to so hear that, but good. I want to make sure. It's yeah. Good. It's so good. <laughs> I, I know plenty of people who aren't in it who've watched it. So why would that be an odd thing? Like you good know. Good point. Good point. I know yeah. all too I'm many actor, people who refuse like, to watch. You know what? It. I just didn't. I didn't get that role, and I'm so freaking bitter that I'm dead. I just can't right now. I'm just. Oh no! Don't turn it on. No, let's watch Squid Game. No, screw it. Like I. I can't. I can't bring myself to not appreciate good art. This yeah. is a thing yeah. with me on on like fan art that I sign mm-hmm. and give royalty to the artists. You mm-hmm. know, like could just right. be signing screenshots. Okay, there's nothing that says Jason can't just sign screen grabs. The art that is created surrounding Arcane and Soko, my character specifically, is brilliant. It's yeah. moving. Oh, yeah. It's people are invested in this stuff in their rooms for hours making these beautiful pieces of art. Mm-hmm. And I'm a, I, I appreciate that. I, I'm an artist at heart. I appreciate good writing and good acting and good, you know, visual art. I really do. So oh, yeah. I'd, I'd watch all it anyway because it's just glorious perfection. Yeah, I'm, I thank God you're not bitter <laughs> that you got yeah. killed off. <laughs> no, no, I'm bitter, but that's not enough to overcome my artistic enough, appreciation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, also, I was going to say uh, just another shout out because you mentioned art. Uh, I think her name is Niku, right? Yeah, Niku is the uh, one of the many fan artists. There's Claim the Skies, there's Haikun, mm-hmm. there's uh, Millennial, there's several that I've had signings of their art. And Niku right. did a beautiful Niku 3D model of Silco mm-hmm. that they built themselves, yeah. and they did glorious art. And I've signed multiple uh, Niku pieces, and we'll probably have some more. But if you haven't checked it out, everybody who's listened to this, it's uh, N-I-K-U underscore 30 on both Instagram mm-hmm. and Twitter, Niku 30. And the stuff that N- Niku does with Silco looks so brilliant and in person yes like i have some of the prints in person they're beautiful Mm -hmm. they're just so i can't say good things about i'm literally planning on getting like all of her art and doing signings for you i'm gonna make you write some weird shit on mine i bet (laughs) just just to throw you for a loop but i can't wait to get some of those i i went and saw some some political waste of time for 25 minutes when people exactly Yeah. Have you write a whole essay yeah. on the back of yeah. mine? <laughs> this needs to be the the 20th Federalist Paper. I'm like, what? Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to give you a minimum word count. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Single space. No. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you must bring about new capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if, if we go there for that, oh, man. Yeah, actually, I will. I will go political for all of my signings for you. Actually. Oh, God. <laughs> Just prepare now. yourself. Somebody for shoot me now. I, I'll be like, I can't read that on the air. So like it just, you know, I do. Yeah, all my it's going to be live through a service called Streamly. And it's actually lots of fun. This, the live yeah. signings are fun. So. 
you seem to have a blast with it when it, from what I saw. Like, I mean, you yeah, yeah, yeah. They, enjoy they, it. They get to be a little long and I've started to learn yeah. to take breaks and like, I'll be back in 15 minutes and I've switched mm-hmm. it to Twitch where it can be better moderated. And I've done a lot of things to make it better for both the audience and myself. But yeah, Plus you're very on. You're very quick with uh, like, you know, whenever someone says, I want you to write something like this. You're very quick with coming up with uh, something very Silco-esque to write on on theirs. Yeah, so I love that Silco too. does live in my brain. And, I, that's uh, what I'm Pino, getting. Yeah, which he, is good. He's there. Yeah, yeah I don't yeah. think he'll ever go away either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, so does the Joker. Like, you know, in, in Batman true. Hush, I ad libbed mm-hmm. all of his lines behind the, the prison scene when Batman mm-hmm. is fighting. For oh, really? In prison. Yeah, they. I was like, it seems like the Joker wouldn't be quiet here. If he's in a cell and he's that close and Batman's fighting Clayface, he would be uh-huh. trolling his ass hard. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I said, here, just yeah. roll it. Let me throw out a bunch of stuff. So, yeah, I just, I think on my feet pretty good. And that just leads more credence, by the way, to um, for the rioters that listen to the pod. Like, uh, Shaco, perfect character. Give him some more depth. <laughs> and we got we got a Runeterra Joker. So, I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, but all right. So that's going to wrap it up for this episode, guys. Um, yeah. Thank you so much, Jason. It has been truly an honor to have you on this podcast. Yes, thank yes. you so much, man. Amazing, of course, you guys. My pleasure. Yeah. And uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. All right. Perfect. See you guys later. All right. All right. Later. Peace. All right. Done with the interview. What did you think? Oh, it was amazing. Amazing. So good. Yeah. Dude. So I'm just I'm I'm so excited that that we got to, a chance to meet him. Silco the character, dude. Like. I'm going to miss him more than anyone else, I think. If anyone else, I mean, if if Vander is truly dead, right, uh-huh, uh-huh. I think I would probably <laughs> miss him. <laughs> I think I would probably, I actually, I don't, I still don't think I'd miss him more. Silco is just, there's something about Silco, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, in, in Silco, you know, he, he set the stage for, for all the, you know, um, the cinematic universe to come. So, um, right. you know, I, I know he's... He's being humble, but at the end of the day, like a lot rode on his character and um, he executed it with a, a finesse that is just, um, you know, it's it's impressive. So um, I'm just in awe. Yeah, definitely. And and I you know what? It's a, it's a really good point that I actually didn't think of. And I wish we would have brought mm-hmm. up with him at the time. But um, that really did set the bar at such a high yeah. level. Like we don't know who the next antagonist is, the next main antagonist mm-hmm. at least, right? We have some, some you know, potentials there that we know of, but we don't know exactly who it's going to be. But man, I it's it's going to be hard to to match that level because we were talking about basically uh, Heath Ledger Joker level, yeah, right, yeah. So and- it's going to be tough to get around it, that and, yeah batman's never even recovered yeah. from that, so. <laughs> it's gonna be difficult <laughs> well and it's it's one of those where it's it's um you know it, it, you know whenever you're watching something and you're watching something special and uh jason is you know one of those guys that he, he brought everything into this role and yeah. we all knew it when we were watching it we were we were witnessing something truly special um, mm. so I just, I, I feel, you know, uh, really lucky and, uh, <laughs> blessed to be able to, you know, just, uh, share the same, same comms room with them, you know, much less, yeah. uh, get to have a conversation with them. So, um, but yeah, it was, I, I don't know. I'm still, I'm still kind of <laughs> processing everything. <laughs> so, um, but, uh, but no, I mean, and, and hopefully this, you know, this, at the end of the day, this is for, for you guys, you know, we want to make sure that, that you got a chance to, to really see the man behind the 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 mask right and uh yeah um, really appreciate the performance that he's he's um thrown everything into so 
Yeah, truly. I mean, uh, it's going to be even hard for him to, I think, wash away that character for oh, future performances. Um, it, you know what well, I mean? And the thing is, too, is I mean, we, we've seen it with the actual character model. Like, they brought a lot of his features into that character model. So it's, um, yeah. and, and I, it's always funny whenever I, I'm watching the streams with him and people are like, he is Jason, or uh, he is Silk. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. It's amazing. Like, and, and, but at the same time, like, you know, that's the, the, the environment we live in now. And we kind of saw that with the Marvel movies where it's, it's like, you know, it, it's not even, you know, in the, in the nineties and the early two thousands, it was very much like, Hey, you know, Tom Cruise is at the top of this, this uh, movie poster, right? Therefore I'm going to go mm-hmm. see it. Now everyone's just, you know, so much more, um, entrenched with these characters. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, for better or worse, like whenever you you have an astounding performance, you know, you become synonymous with that character. Right. And yeah. uh, it, it's a wonderful thing to see Jason fully embrace that and uh, to, to really appreciate the, the fandom and the, the, the love that that outpours for that. So or outpours uh, to him on that. So um, but yeah, no, I, I it was a, a wonderful interview. Um, great guy. Like just uh, just s- such a, a delight to, to hang out with. Yeah, I think, you know, one of the most interesting things about um, I actually didn't intend for this to be like a super long discussion. At the yeah, end, yeah. I have I mean, to say, this is like, that, that would be out of the norm, wouldn't it? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. If, if we didn't do this, we wouldn't. Do I this, know. I <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that, you know, one of the things that especially he said, and it's so simple and so obvious, but it's just whenever he said it, I was just like, it's so true. Whenever he said, um, you know, his words are his weapons, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And, and it, it's. It's just he's one of those characters where in a world where there's so many people that have like crazy powers. Right. Yeah. He's one of the people that does not. Mm-hmm. And yet he's more feared than any of them. Yeah. You know. And so I think that there's, there's such a power to that because it really is like you hear his voice and you're instantly kind of shaken. It's an intimidating presence. And he's, he's such a you know, for such a, a slight physical stature, right? Yeah. There's nothing inherently intimidating about him, but man, he did such a good job at just making everything he does just so villainous, yeah. right? Yeah. <clears throat> well, in, or as he, he will, he wouldn't consider it. Yeah. Well, he's not inherent. He's a complex character. It, it, as <laughs> <would say. laughs> not even. Uh, well, and, and that's the thing is, you know, it, it just, it's a testament to the, the performance. It's a testament to uh, the art, Right. Uh, the, the studio Fortiche and uh, right. the, the brilliant artists there that they um, and, and the, the showrunners. Right. And, and the writers like just everyone involved being able to put together this character, um, this amalgamation of talents. Right. And to, mm-hmm. to have him on the screen and for us to really resonate with him. And, you know, it's like you said, he, he doesn't have any superpowers. Right. He, he yeah. does. He's he's arguably one of the most grounded characters um in the show you know um definitely yeah he has no augmentations or i mean besides the eye right yeah, but yeah. he has no like real augmentations that give him abilities or anything yeah. like other people do well, and, and I, that's the thing is at the end of the day you know whether it's a superhero movie or um you know some sort of anime or anything like that right at the end of the day these are stories about people right and mm-hmm. that should always take precedence. That should always be the priority is like tell a good story about these people. And, um, you know, I think it, that might be the smartest thing you've ever I said. Know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, <laughs> but, in, you know, we we all love awesome powers. We love those fight sequences. Um, 
but you know everything resonates every the the foundation of all of that right is is the characters right um right. And, and the ability to tell a, a a gratifying and, and compelling story that we can all resonate with um and and you know we, we i don't know about you but i mean if there's a, an amazing story you know arcane is one of them you know i consider like uh like mad max right fury road one of them mm-hmm. i consider true detective season one one of them where you walk away from this and you go i'm different than you know when i started this like i i yeah i view things yeah. in a different light you know it may not be like a completely it shift, had some level of impact but it, yeah right. and I'm, I'm gonna walk away with it uh with me forever changed because that's that's a a concrete memorable moment in my life now right and um mm-hmm. jason and and the wonderful crew at at riot and uh his his co-stars were able to deliver on that and um i just i'm so gracious for it you know so yeah, can't, can't say enough. Yeah, and I I definitely agree with you. I mean, it is one of those the shows that will that will stick with me forever, basically. And, mm-hmm. and that performance specifically, and you know, as as we mentioned in the interview, I really hope that we get to see him play some other characters. Yeah. Uh, Vladimir um, would be great. Uh, you know, we we talked about some concerns, you know, off off the interview, just because you know we won't stop talking about the interview even amongst ourselves. Yeah. But um, but yeah, like you know. It, I think there needs to be a, a degree of, of time to separate the performances if he does play Vladimir because those the voices are fairly similar, mm-hmm. right, from what we've seen him do in LOR. So, but I do really want to see him play that character. So, well, they, they you, need to... you know who I want to see him play? Uh, Boxtopus, obviously. <laughs> Come on, you know. Yes. So and and so we didn't mention that. I in know. The, I can't believe in the it. Interview. <laughs> yeah. So we we checked his because um, obviously we weren't aware because he wasn't really like um, firmly credited anywhere for uh, some of those performances yeah, yeah. Um, in in LOR, but for for Boxtopus uh, specifically, like he wasn't accredited at all for Vladimir, from what we could. Yeah, we, we went to LOR. IMDb, and the, the only mm-hmm. uh, one that was on there was. Um, uh, mage seeker right like cons- right. mage seeker conservator right um which right. is a, a a low level minion card and then we realize he's playing a <laughs> champion in the game and i'm like that should be on imdb <laughs> not, exactly not <laughs> mage seeker and uh but but box to push it really just shows i oh, you know i encourage can, everyone to to play the game or at least listen to the voice can, commands because can i tell the story behind box to push real quick for me sure okay okay sure, okay sure, sure, sure. i'm telling you guys like sorry i had to interrupt but I no, remember I messaged Mike and I was I was just every now and then I'll just kind of go on a tear of listening to the voices for these cards because. Yeah, I mean, Sean has no I life. I have no life. I'm, I'm very bored, yeah. you know, um, <laughs> and I, I went on a tear listening to all these these funny cards. The Vagar cards are so good, by the way. Yeah. Um, but uh, but I, I was like, Boxtopus is so funny. Like every time I was playing him with Tom Kench, I was just like, this guy is hilarious. And I. I went through every single line and I couldn't get over it. And then sure enough, we don't, you know, find out until after the interview that Jason was the one that did Boxapus. And I'm like, this is amazing. Like, so I, I'm not joking when I say I can't wait to see Boxapus on uh, the big screen. So <laughs> true. I mean, and, and just like one of the most exciting things about him is that you get to see a total shift in range. Yes. Right. Yeah. Like it, it's it's really a testament to him and, and his abilities as a voice actor, because you know, like I said, Vladimir, you can still hear some Silco in his performance of, of Vladimir, right? Mm-hmm. Um, just because, you know, they're fairly similar, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But with, with Boxtopus, it's it's an entire, you would have no idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so it's it's a really cool thing. Um, you know, I, 
definitely encourage anyone to go, you know, either look up the voice lines like I, like I mentioned or play the game. But yeah, just uh, really cool. But off of the, the voice acting part of it for a second, because um, we do need to probably wrap this up so we don't <laughs> steal everyone's lives away from them. But uh, they seem to be one to give it to us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What villain do you see potentially being able to take that spot that Silco left us? And I'm not talking about just in like like pure power level spectrum, right? I'm talking about like, you know, the hole that he's left us as far as like a great villain. As a great villain. Um, I mean, if I have to pick a character from from the League of Legends universe, Runeterra, right? Um mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not convinced we are going to get uh, a performance that is, you know, in that same range um, mm-hmm. until maybe Swain. I think Swain's probably Swain. the next one where it's like... Swain's going to be tough. Yeah. I admit that because he's he's arguably one of the most influential characters in all of Runeterra. I mean, in, in current day, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, well, and, and he, he that's the thing is, with everything. you know, I... I hope that, you know, I, I think we are, I don't think they're going to rush, right? I think they're going to go, you I know, it's, yeah. it's a uh, Baram Darkwell, right? Like he's probably going to be in charge of Noxus right now. And I want to see mm. Swain's, you know, rise to power. Like I, I want to see that play yeah. out in front of me. Um, and that way I can just have a, a much deeper appreciation to all the, the different political moves that he's going to have to make. Um, and I do want to see the yeah. chess game play out leading up to the takeover oh yeah right? yeah like the we're leading up to uh his uh demon so yes and, uh, and oh and just so everyone knows like um you know this character that we're talking about swain he is the leader of of th- noxus right now in current day think of um oh, what, what's his uh the lannister um the oh, the dad lannister tywin lannister no way way more devious and way more intelligent oh than him, but okay i'm just saying like that is kind of like the 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 swain that that is in modern day right not not in arcane modern day but like in the game modern day is is someone that's i, I don't think he's you know Tywin's pretty smart and you know conniving. He was, but this is next level. Where this is not ordinary. I, I would say that he's probably more similar to Baron Darkwell, which was for everyone listening the the previous ruler of Noxus mm-hmm. that was overthrown by Swain. Um, but yeah, but I mean, I'm, it's a it's a good grasp, I will say, like for that kind of character because there's a grandeur to him yeah. that is that is fairly similar. So I agree with you on that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, this is this is a character I really I'm trying to think of an equal to him but I, I really can't think of one at least off the cuff but he's he's it's definitely point being it's well, gonna I mean, be a I, very special performance i, I think it's gonna be neat. yeah i mean i think it's i mean you could you could say it's kind of like a thanos level like villain um for sure yeah for sure so yeah because i mean we're dealing with um you know not only like in insane levels of power mm-hmm. right but also you know intelligence as well and just um cruelty i would say yeah so yeah we're it's going to be just a really good performance that's i think you're right i think we're i think we're going to get you know ergot at some point which we've talked about on the on the podcast previously so i'm not going to go super into that mm-hmm. but i do think we're going to have him i don't think he's going to be as good of a performance i think that's going to be more of just a fucking brutal scary kind of performance yeah you know I mean? yeah I, I don't be like you don't want to get caught in his wake yeah so yeah so i think that's going to be that case but yeah as far as like the the personality right mm-hmm. like i think swain will be the next one that kind of gets up to the silco level yeah 
So, which is, it, it is saying something for Silco, right? Yeah. Because this character <laughs> was not even existent, right? And and Swain is <laughs> like in a gigantic character in Runeterra. Yeah. So. Well, and, and I mean, it's it's funny you mentioned that. So like, I'm, I'm super excited because I, I like how Riot isn't afraid to introduce, you know, characters that we aren't familiar with, right? Like Silco and Mel mm-hmm. and, um, you know, Mel's, Mel's mother, right? Um, yeah. And suddenly the, the world feels so much more fuller and exciting um, because, you know, more th- possibilities, more possibilities. Yeah. and they, they aren't, you know, dependent in the same sense on on, you know, the, the, the characters in the game like we've seen with other, you know, video game adaptations. Like they are willing yeah. to take those liberties in order to make a more fulfilling and uh, a gratifying story. Right. Yeah. I think it's I think it's the, the willingness to expand from two different mediums. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and we, we see the crossover cause we see Silco is, is, uh, in TFT. Yep. Right. Yep. He, he's just got into TFT. So I really like that they're doing that. I really, I really hope it, I mean, it's going to be hard. We're going to see something probably next season more to do with Mel, but I really want to see Mel moved over, uh, into the game mm-hmm. somehow. If, if, you know, it depends on what her power set or if she has a power set at all, but man, like she's just such a, a good character. Yeah. I can't wait to see her blossom, but yeah. Well, We've turned this two-minute <laughs> exit into nearly 20 minutes now. <laughs> so we should probably As is tradition, stop. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, you know, thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate it. For all of you new viewers uh, especially, you know, welcome. And uh, we hope that you enjoy the stuff that we've made so far. Um, once again, you can follow us uh, at cor underscore pod, you know, or just you know, search at Chronicles of Runeterra on anything. Leave us a five star review if possible on Apple Podcasts. That really helps out a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't forget, you know, on the next show, we'll go ahead and read off your review if you give us the five stars as well. We really appreciate that. And uh, you can even leave the name of a character if you want. If we will read off the review <laughs> in that character's voice or give it our best shot to. Mm-hmm. We've had we've had some terrible performances on that. And we've had some pretty decent. But Mike's I think, very talented um, when it comes to the voiceovers. So don't be afraid to only challenge on Mike on anything. So far. You know, so <laughs> Heimerdinger and Gangplank. I feel like I can do okay. pretty well. Okay. The outside of that, I think everything starts to sound <laughs> yeah. the same. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, anyways, either, you know, we, we love doing it. It's a good time. Mm-hmm. And Spotify, they just had their new ranking system put in yeah. place I think, yeah. a few months ago. So uh, you can also rate us five stars on Spotify as well. That really helps out. So, yeah. And then don't forget, of course, to uh, follow Jason Spizak uh, at Jason Spizak on basically all of his socials. Yeah. Yeah. So you can go anywhere, find him just like that. He would really appreciate it. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it, right? Yep. All right. So we will see you guys uh, next month, I guess, with uh, another interview of some kind. So until then, peace. Peace.